This is Masonic Muscle episode 22, and today we're doing a special one. This is on the possible recall for the governor, and we have two special guests here today. One of them, well, actually, you, you've already met two of them if you've been listening to the podcast. The first one is pa past master and present master of Pond Streams, Laws number 693, Ted Parker. And the second one is our very own Steve Sanchez, who is the candidate for the 28th district senate district on the republican side how are you guys doing today outstanding uh caesar doing great caesar thanks for having us here all right so this episode was prompted by the recall or possible recall we're going to be getting into the mechanics of it but we're going to start off by going to some very basic concepts that everybody needs to understand and that's going to be brought to you by steve sanchez steve go ahead tell us what you got Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Caesar. once again. And just like anything, we start at the basics, right? Always bring things back to the basics. Uh, so we have a level, uh, you know, playing field and understanding of what it is we're going to talk about, discuss, um, think about, ponder, or even want to um, react on, right? So the basics. Um, this might sound basic, right, if you're listening to it, but this is the point of it, because often uh, maybe we forget that uh, our, our way of government, uh, how is our way of government structured, right? We know at the federal level, we have the executive branch, which is the president of the United States and his cabinet, right? Including the vice president and everyone else. We have the, the judicial branch, which is made up of the Supreme Court. And then we have the legislative branch, which is made up of the US Senate, and the House of Representatives. Uh, and um, each state has two US senators and a minimum of one representative in the House of Representatives and the rest are distributed by uh, population throughout the, throughout the country, which is how we get uh, electoral uh, votes. And then because we live here in California and I, I can't speak for the other 49 states, um, or, or territories, but in California, our model is similar to that of the, of the federal government. We have the executive branch, which is the governor. We have the judicial branch, which is our very own uh, Supreme Court for California. And then we have our state legislation, uh, excuse me, state legislators, the legislative branch, which is made up of the state Senate and the state assembly. And much like the federal, the legislative branch is the one that does exactly that. They create the laws, right? They, um, they, they, they write the laws, they vote on the laws, and then the governor signs the laws and executes and or enforces the law. And then the judicial branch interprets uh, the laws and ensures that the laws are being followed um, and then everything that you know that a judicial branch does. So uh, in California, there are 40 state senators and they're broken down by districts um, much like your congressional seats. They're broken down similarly. They, they, they do the same thing. Um, and then you have 80 state assembly members. And again, those are broken down um, by districts and by population. And so, and just like in the federal, you refer to them as the lower house and the upper house. Okay. And their job is just that, uh, legislation. They're the ones that pass the laws, create the laws, and then the executive branch 
is responsible for enacting everything amongst other duties. But there are a lot of other uh, elected officials in the state of California that a lot of people don't um, either know or understand. And uh, the importance of that is you should know who's running the show, right? Who's in charge? Who's responsible for what? What is the scope of authority for each of those elected offices? And how are they elected, right? To name a few other ones are the Board of Supervisors, which is basically your Congress of your county. And we have a county sheriff. The, uh, he or she is duly elected by the people to enforce the laws within their county. And it's actually one of the most powerful um, elected positions in, 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 the count, in the state of California. There are your city council, right? Again, your, your Congress of your city, right? They, they enact ordinances. Um, and then you have things like water board, school board, uh, sanitation districts, you know, vector control. There's so many other smaller, uh, smaller, I shouldn't say it that way, other uh, positions that actually play a big role in, in your day-to-day -day life. But um, the reason why I bring that up is A, so we have a, a starting point of what we're going to talk about. But B, um, we as, as citizens should know who does what in our state and who's responsible for what. Um, you know, I give an example of if you have a pothole in your street, it does you no good to complain to your county supervisor or your, your U.S. senator or state senator. It doesn't fall within their jurisdiction. And it's not like the military where it's a chain of command, you know. The county supervisor doesn't tell the mayor of a city what to do um, within reason. There are some overlaps, jurisdictional uh, oversight, but for the most part, it's not like that. Much like Lodge, right? You know, each Lodge is independent. Um, you know, Lodge A doesn't tell Lodge B what to do. That's right. You know, they're independent of each other. Um, there are certain laws that they follow, but nevertheless independent of each other. So I bring all this up because it's important that we as residents know that, um, in, specifically in California, if you have an issue, ask yourself first, who is responsible at the, gov at the government level for this uh, particular issue? And um, same thing with the school district. You know, we hear a lot about that right now mm -hmm. with, with masks and uh, Corona and everything like that. School districts and cities in California are separate. And so a mayor cannot tell a school board president what to do. They have two separate jurisdictions, uh, even if it's within their own city. And so I, I wanted to bring that up. So part of our responsibility as citizens is to know what our, you know, um, who's running for what and who does what, right? It's not up to me. It's not up to you, Rubio, or, or Worshipful Master Parker to tell us, you know, who to vote for, mm. right? It's up to us individually to know who's running and what they're running for and what their authority is in those positions. And um, that's, that's one of the major things, so. That was a great start, Steve, because now, as, as you just set that up, set the table up, um, you know, I get a call one day from our worshipful Master Ted saying that he just received his ballot, and as he's looking through it, he sees all kinds of names, and over 40-something, I believe, so he's like, well, are they even qualified? Which, you know, don't get me going with that, because being... Uh, involved in masonry for so long and understanding Anderson's constitutions uh, for masonry and knowing that the top three officers are supposed to be 
nominated and elected on merit alone, you know, that started me wondering, okay, well, you know, where is this headed? So uh, I'll let Steve, I'll let uh, Ted uh, tell you about that and what he found and what he saw on this ballot. Thank you, Caesar. Good to see both you guys again. And this is a pretty awesome little episode uh, you're putting on here. Um, these guys are my great friends, everybody. Uh, we've been around for a long time. We've known each other for a while. So as Caesar mentioned, uh, I opened up the ballot and there was, I had to go through and count the names. And there was 46 names on the list that I got or received. And then I broke that down. I have, there's 24 Republicans, uh, nine Democrats, two Green Party, one Libertarian, and 10 that have no affiliation whatsoever. I, I knew one person on the list. I, I knew, I've heard a couple names, but I've only heard one, and that was Caitlyn Jenner. Um, so going back to, you know, this, what's going on here, if our state in California is in a state of emergency because of what has been going on with our governor, and like uh, Steve suggested just now, it's up to, or mentioned, it's up to us as individuals to do our own research. And we've always been a firm believer that in masonry, uh, do your own research. If you don't do your own research, then don't complain. Uh, my grandfather in the past, he told me, uh, if you don't vote, don't complain. So research is a big part of this. And that was my question, bring it up to you when I, when I pose this to you. It's like, who do we vote for? How do we know these guys? Well, we're these people. You know, do they merit that? Do they are they worthy of sitting in that chair? So it's something that needs to be out there to everybody, not just in masonry, um, not just in California, but even across the country, because the country is looking at California right now, what's going on and how is California going to react and how are they going to come together if they're going to come together. So masonry is a big part of California. So with this podcast that you've created, we're going to reach individuals out there, brothers and others as well that aren't Masons. So where do we go from here? How do we help people to break this down? That was my big thing is how do we, people need to know, they need to know some kind of information. Don't go off of what I say, vote for this person. That's not up for me. Just, you know, like Steve said, you got to do your own research and vote for who you think is right for the position and do they merit that seat or are they worthy of sitting there so, so what what we're we're laying the groundwork for so that everybody that that listens that doesn't listen we hope you're listening you can begin this groundwork will help you to begin to look at this with open eyes because the state of emergency the amount of uh, steps that have been taken by every governor, it seems like because of the state of emergency, and it looks like they're never going to rescind or, or stand down and say, hey, the state of emergency is over. They're going to keep using this. And it's something that I've read a, a long time ago in a book called Our Enemy, the State by uh, Albert J. Nock. And that book, if you guys have a chance, get it. It's on Amazon. There's other places you can you can get it as well, but it's pretty much the blueprint of what's been happening. And as soon as this started to happen, and as soon as the state of emergency was declared, 
uh, that's the beginning of the power grab. That is my perspective. I think you guys have seen it as well. And I think that's why this uh, recall is happening. And with that, I'll hand it back over to Steve. Steve, what do you got to say? What do you got for us here? Let's yeah, continue no, on. Absolutely. Um, little, little fun fact, because we love history here and uh, a lot of things we talk about. The, uh, the first recorded popular election of officials to uh, public office was actually held back in 754 BC in uh, E4s of Sparta. So that's how wow. far back yeah. it goes wow. <laughs> of the first recorded election. So, um, yeah. yeah, cool. You know, and, and we know, you know, we trace, you know, a lot of, uh, even a lot of things at large back, you know, can be traced that mm -hmm. far back, right, to the ancient, uh, ancient times. Um, so that's just fascinating to know that um, 754 BC, you know, people thought, you know what, you know, we should have a say and who governs, you know? And that brings me to one of my, my favorite phrases is consent by the governed, mm. right? And um, that's where all elected officials in the United States, no matter if you're running for dog casher to president of the United States, you have the power you have and the authority you have from the consent of the governed, right? We, the people, it sounds like a cliche, but the problem is that the problem is the problem is I guess that it sounds like a cliche so people don't think that it's it's actually strong enough but you have so much power in strength and with your voice and the masses and uh, California we're actually fortunate that we have a process for recalling our elected officials because there are some states where you can't recall your governor that's not uh, in authority in their constitution in all states. So we're lucky that uh, we're able to do that. And it's not an easy process. Um, and it's not supposed to be that way because you don't wanna have an election every year trying to recall the person you don't like. You know, it, it takes, it's a long process. Um, it takes um, a, a, a super, super majority of your, of your, elected, uh, of your electorate, the, uh, the voters and um, you know, once they're qualified, then we can go through that process of recalling a governor or any elected official in, in your jurisdiction. So, And what you're talking about, uh, Steve, real quick, uh, he, uh, he was mentioning how much power you have, each, each and every single one of us. I was just telling him right before we started recording about what happened at the state of Alabama. And so the state of Alabama was the first state that I know of so far that the grandmaster issued an edict and the edict was you will wear your masks and social distance and so let me i'm looking up for the article right here it says last wednesday august 11th the grand master of arkansas worshipful uh, most worshipful william r frizzle for shizzle frizzle issued an official edict Number three, requiring the Masons in his jurisdiction to return to wearing masks and distancing at lodge meetings and recommending they get vaccinated against the virus. Irksome, he, he puts down the, the person who wrote this, who brought this to our attention, certainly, but probably prudent if you're the guy responsible for an organization with thousands of members, of which a substantial number are senior citizens who are more at risk than the rest of the population. 
The edict was circulated electronically, so it could be immediately disseminated to all members. And it's pretty obvious that the members' responses were immediate too. One can only imagine the statewide cater wall over the return to masking that poured into the Grandmaster's email inbox and the nonstop ringing of the office phones in Little Rock. So on Thursday morning, Grandmaster Frizzle for Shizzle issued edict number four, which was a classification clarification of edict number three, explaining the difference between his requirements for in-person lodge meetings, his requests, and his recommendations. To quote the board, uneasy lies the head that wears the crown or the lap that's covered by the purple apron in this case, the purple apron being the apron of the grandmaster. It's clear that the protest of the membership became a deluge. Grandmaster uh, Frizzle's edict number five was issued that, that very afternoon, rescinding number three and number four, signing off with just two words, good luck. I was reminded of a famous incident at Bastogne, Belgium in December 1944, when the Germans sent an ultimatum to the commander of the US Army's 101st Airborne Brigadier General Anthony uh, McAuliffe, McAuliffe, demanding the immediate surrender of his woefully outnumbered forces. His reply to the German commander was simple and to the point, nuts. <laughs> so the power guys, these Masons got it and there's only 25,000 Masons in the state of Alabama and nearly 300 lodges. So I don't know if all 25 got angry, 25,000, or, or, but it was enough. It was enough for the Grandmaster to feel the pressure and rescind, and rescind his edicts. So this is what, you know, and it probably took a little bit longer than what it should have, but I don't think so. It stresses the point of what Steve was just saying right now. What do you guys have to say about that, guys? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, th thank you for giving us that, you know, accurate example. Um, and that's just at the lodge level, you know, but it is true for all of us at any level. And, you know, if you're in California or if you're in a state that actually allows for recalling your elected officials, um, just remember, you know, again, I'm using the word cliche for cliches, but you really do have the power. I mean, um, sometimes, you know, you have to say, yeah, that person is my friend, but I don't like their policy. And there's a, there's a, there's a line there, you know, um, and I tell my friends, I'm like, look, because I'm, I am a, a council member of my city. I'm like, look, we're friends, but if I'm not your candidate, if, if you know, if I'm not, the person you want governing, I get it. You know, we have different views on the role of government. Um, and if that's not the role that you see me in, um, I get it, you know, it, it, we're not enemies because of it, you know, we're still friends. I'm just not the person that you want. Yeah. Or if I am the person you want, right, then, you know, the same thing. So be active, right? Yeah. Uh, show up and force your, your, your school board meetings, your city council meetings, your Board of Supervisors, some states you might call them county commissioners or freeholders or uh, county, you know, uh, representatives, whatever. But show up to all to, to any of these um, elected official meetings, and if you have an issue with what they're doing, speak up, right? But go in, speak up, and 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 gather your troops, right? Go in masses. Yeah. Um. What What is your 
what is your impression of what like the governor right now it, it, has he overstepped his you know his authority here you know in my opinion yes and we're going almost on two years of um emergency uh, orders right and at some point you know whether listen i, I don't care if you, you support the governor or not you know governor newsom or not uh, if you're a fan of his or if you're not if you're republican democrat my issue is we're going on two years and early on i started off by mentioning the three branches in in the federal and the state right now the state of california is just operating with one one branch of government and that's not a check and balance um you know to me going on two years of just having the executive branch uh, being in control completely bypassing your state legislators which is bypassing the people you know that are that are being governed right because you're like i said earlier your your senators your state senators and your state assembly members are direct representatives of, of the people at certain districts so 40 state senators 80 assembly members those voices are not being heard and they don't have representation in sacramento because the governor's authority right now and that is my major concern and here's the thing for those that are supportive of the governor remember if, if a republican gets in office and you're supportive of what the governor is doing you will be a hypocrite to not support a republican doing the same thing and so this is this is my one of my issues with uh politics you know government in general is well as long as my my candidate's doing it i'm okay with it but you have to, you have to have the philosophical belief of whatever it is that you're believing and say it's either right or it's not regardless if it's my candidate and so this is my issue yeah so there's been moral lines and principles always compromised on there there and we're seeing this more and more and more so here we are and when is the uh when is the recall when is the uh the ballot here guys when, when? the 14th it's the 14th and there's something interesting here uh that uh steve was just going over i mean i i'm aware of it everybody got their letter in the mail registered voters but he was describing something that is very key and it's in the back is it in the back or the front what is this the front. front of it right so i'm going to hand it back over to steve so he can go over this little detail that you all have to uh you know understand correct so and again for the, for the listeners that are not in california um this recall election the vote is simple well pretty simple so there, there's two questions really the first question first and foremost is um, shall Gavin Newsom be recalled or removed from the office of the governor? Yes or no? That is the first question. If the, if the 50% plus one say no, it doesn't matter what question two is. If 50% plus one say yes, then the governor's recalled. There it is. The next question is, well, who of the 40 plus people are you going to elect as uh, his, his representative? And because the governor only has about a year left in office, this person's only going to serve for a year before they're up for re-election. So whoever it is, um, they're, they're going to be campaigning right away to, to go for re-election. But the 40 plus people that are on the ballot, this is your job, you that are listening 
um, and you, the, the voters of California, you need to go and research every single person uh, that's on here and make a decision for yourself. Or if that's too much, just, you know, if you recognize three or four names, research those and make a decision from there. Um, but yeah, but uh, th that's, that's what's happening. There's two questions and that's all it is. And that's how it was when Governor Schwarzenegger ran. Uh, what was it? 2008. Yeah, 2008. Yeah, 2008 or something. Yeah, talks about it. Um, okay. It was the same thing, you know. Uh, but this, but Governor Schwarzenegger had a longer term because um, that term I think ended for like three years, I think, until his re-election. So, um, California, we're fortunate that we have this recall power. You know. Um. So what I wanted to get into now, um, guys, Steve and Ted, is is elections. And I saw in some of the notes that Steve has here is elections. That is true. You know, we, we have to understand what is election. So can we look up that definition again? Uh, I believe oh, you had it. You had election. An election is a formal. Thank you. So an election is a formal group decision making process by which a population chooses an individual or multiple individuals to hold public office. Now, that's one definition. Ted had another definition coming out of the Miriam's dictionary. And it, it was very interesting because that definition was talking about merit. That definition was talking about uh, virtue. Uh, so it was, it was getting into principles, things that we believe Governor Newsom has violated on many levels. Right from from uh, going against his very own laws about hey don't go to any any place uh, there, you know especially right in the height I believe of the coronavirus don't go to any closed settings you know especially for dining and if you are it's going to be only like two people and you have to sit like ten feet apart and then they caught him up there in Northern California and he's still the governor so what what does it say there guys what so I pulled up merit on the big screen there. And uh, just like we do in the lodge, the definition of merit in the uh, Merriam-Webster diction dictionary, uh, it's a praiseworthy quality. It's a virtue, okay? Uh, as it is one of the highest is also one of the rarest of merits, achievement. Um, he composed a number of works of, that, of merit. So opinions of his merit vary. Uh, character or conduct deserving reward, honor, or esteem. The qualities of or actions that constitute the basis of one's de des desserts. So merit, merit is a big thing and it plays a big role in masonry alone. You know, you have to be, is it, is, who's worthy of sitting in the chair? And it is, it's a big chair. We all, we all know that. Just like in the lodge of the Grand Master, like you read from Alabama, it's it's a big chair, and you know it falls on those shoulders alone. I don't believe part of what you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, we talked about voting and making sure everybody do your thing and get out there. I think a lot of people in that don't think that their vote matters. They don't. Oh, it won't matter. It'll it'll just be what it is, and they don't really get into it and don't want to do the research. They just you know, ask somebody else, well, who are you voting for? Oh, that's my party, I'll vote with the party. Mm -hmm. Well, so far I've heard from both sides of this party that people are pushing to get our now governor out of office. 
for this recall. For the Republicans and Republicans and, and Democrats, Democrats. they're they they just don't like him, and he's and and they know it's on both sides of the both sides of the aisle there. So everybody's vote does count. You know, Steve, you brought little things like this up. You know, votes count. We have to get out there. And we have to vote. If we don't, like you said, fifty plus one, one way or the other. Yes or no. That's the first question. Do you like what the governor's doing? It doesn't matter what party he's with. It's the individual. Did he merit? Does he merit everything that he's done and what he's doing now, and where it's going? We we got to look at all those possibilities because we just don't know. Hmm. And and but we have to we have to look ahead, you know. And then we have to look at these in, new individuals coming in. With there's forty six that are registered to do this now that they've all filled out the paperwork and turned it in. So which one of those are you going to vote for? You know, it's like uh, Brother Steve mentioned here, there's, if you know three or four of them you, you've heard of or know about, you know, research just those. But watch, watch what's on TV, watch the news, see what's coming out, Google it, Yahoo, whatever. You know, you can just, you can find them on there anywhere. Uh, YouTube, there's going to be plenty of people on YouTube right now putting that information out there. So it's uh, it's worth this. This is a worthy, a worthy conversation, and it needs to be had by a lot of people. And if you don't, well, if you don't vote, don't complain. You're going to be stuck with your head in the sand still. And if it doesn't, if you're not happy about it, it's your own fault. Ruby, I actually have a question for you. So okay. how, how you're like uh, the master Yoda of Freemasonry. And um, <laughs> you know, that's a new one. I'm gonna start yeah. calling you master Yoda from now on. Um, how, how similar is uh, our California election or our US elections to those elections in the lodge? Well, that's a good question and and uh put you in a spot there you know yeah no and it's a great question because a lot of people don't put those things together especially if you haven't been going to lodge for a while especially if you do go to lodge but you're not active and especially if you are active but you're not in a leadership role where every year in november so every year in november here in the state of california and, and all around uh it might be in different you know different times in different states but here it's november and we have elections and there's five positions within a lodge that is up for elections. It's the master, the senior warden, junior warden, treasurer, and secretary. Those are the five. And we get to nominate and elect each one, and it's for one-year terms. Most lodges are beginning to catch on to the fact that this has been hurting us because every time a new master comes into office, he has his year, and then he leaves, and then the next guy comes in and has his year and different ideas. So there is never any continuity and uh, consistency. So most lodges are catching on and saying, hey, if we're going to do this, anybody that goes to be master or the three principal positions is going to serve for at least two to three years in that position in order to allow, you know, for continuity and, and get things done. So each member has one vote, one man, one vote. Now, where have we heard that before, right? That's in our constitution, one man, one vote. They have, a, and the people, and we, and here, here's a big difference that, that is between how Masonic government works and elections and 
are regular that we know uh, here in the United States. In Freemasonry, you cannot, you cannot uh, go out and begin a campaign. It has to be done by merit alone. That means that throughout the year, all the members and your officers are watching you. And if they believe that you merit another opportunity, then they will vote for you. You know, there's talk amongst the brethren, but, but that brother is not campaigning for that chair, which eliminates all kinds of other stuff. Now, in, in the state of California, I mean, not the state of California, but all over the United States, how does our local government, our local governments and our regular government work? It's every four years, right? People are up for nomination, the new president, we, but they're allowed to campaign. They're allowed to vote, but it's one man, one vote, a representative type of government. When we have Grand Lodge sessions, which is uh, in, at the end of September, sometimes in October, Grand Lodge communications, every year, every lodge has three, four representatives that they can send to Grand Lodge as representatives of the lodge. That's the master and the wardens, that's three, and a past master. So every lodge has four votes. So we can go in mass and, and uh, vote something down or vote something new, which I recently talked about in my last podcast. But those are some of the similarities there. The, the biggest one being one man, one vote. I don't believe that was really talked about anywhere during the 1776, 77, when the constitution was being formulated and the type of government that we, that we uh, ended up uh, creating. But everybody should remember, we are a democratic republic. We are not a democracy, uh, everybody. We, we, we have to get away from that. And the reason and how you know that is that in the very constitution itself, it says that every state that wants to join the union and, and becomes a part of the union shall be guaranteed a Republican type of government, not a democratic type of government. Because even the founding fathers, they abhorred. And I remember that word very well, because when I first read it, I'm like, what the, abhorred? Yeah, they abhorred democracies because democracies always led to what we're seeing now. And guys, in case we didn't say it at the beginning, brethren out there, uh, we are not representative. What we're saying here is not representing Grand Lodge or anybody's point of view or anything like that. This is Masonic Muscle. We are having a strong conversation on what we have to, on what we believe we should be having. And if I haven't said it, I will uh, get out there and exercise. Here, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're correct. I want to touch on your um, we're a republic if we can keep it, right? Mm. Um, mm. And actually, the, the, the phrase was we're a republic if you can keep it, ma'am. And Benjamin Franklin, right? Yes. Benjamin Franklin said that. Um, but also, I always say anytime we refer to the United States as a democracy, we actually weaken it as a republic because we condition citizens, kids, adults into saying, oh, we're a democracy. And so then you start believing that that's the way the government should operate. But in fact, we are a republic. And the more we refer to it as a republic, the more power you give to the republic, which in fact empowers its, its citizens. And I hope that philosophically makes sense what, what I just said. Uh, so I would really encourage you to, you uh, listeners to really re refer to the United States as a republic as which it is. Um, 
Cesar Rubio, I'm going to ask you another question. I'm going to be the host here today. Okay, um, all right, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I like what you said about at the at the at the local lodges in California, you know, one year terms, and some lodges are saying, well, it's the two to three years. To me, what it sounds like, it's just like what the Constitution says, as far as regarding elections, that it leaves the way. And I'm going to paraphrase this in, in English and not, you know lawyer talk it leaves the manner in which elections are held to the states right mm -hmm. so they decide how elections are run in their states when the primaries are and, and etc um that kind of what you said kind of sounds like what is being done at the lodge we leave some of those decisions as far as elections to the to, to the state to to the actual local lodge. local level lodge as opposed to the grand lodge am i correct in that assumption yes yeah yes so we see a lot of similarities in our US constitution, state constitutions, our laws, our procedures, right? Um, you can call them rituals too, if you want, depending. Yeah. Um, they mirror a lot of what we do in Lodge or do we mirror what you know, the US is doing, right? Um, obviously, we, we know that Freemasonry has been around longer than the United States has and a lot of our founders have been uh, brother masons and so i'm assuming that's where a lot of that influence have come from right we can only imagine right uh, yeah yeah and i and i it doesn't take long when you begin to research it to to begin to see all the similarities and i think i i uh, in the last time i talked to you steve on our last podcast that we did together which was awesome by the way um i i believe i did mention that during that time in the 13 colonies, there was either 120 or a little bit over 120 lodges throughout the 13 colonies. So that just lets you know how prevalent Freemasonry was in the colonies. So you had a lot of these uh, mayors and the senators and congressmen, they were more than likely attending. And because of that, they were watching how the, the governance of the lodge, how it was handled and how they were getting ideas to manage either the city, their town, their local provinces, or what have you. So yes, it, it becomes very, very obvious. And like I said before, there came a point during the, the uh, formation of the Constitution that we knew during the Constitutional Convention, where they were, the founding fathers that were putting this together, they were reaching from many different points in history and many different types of governments they were wondering how to put this thing together and one of the things that they had was in their very own backyard that was freemasonry so of course they drew from the anderson's constitution and that is not i'm not saying that in a conspiratorial way i'm just saying that in a very practical logical way these guys were these brethren were practicing freemasonry this whole time so it just makes sense that they drew from this experience and then try to mimic as much as they could. And then at the same time, break away from England because that's what they were trying to break away from. That's why we don't have one Grand Lodge for the whole United States because that's how it is in Europe. It's one Grand Lodge for all of Europe, right? Uh, or most of Europe and that's, that's England. And they have their one Grand Lodge and they, they issue all kinds of warrants but here we wanted to break away from that too. So we said, no, 
every state will have their own grand laws because we don't want to do it like England. We want to do it our way. So I hope that answers your, your question, uh, Steve. Back to your show. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, uh, uh, Brother Park over here, another similarity in the California Constitution is um, to be a vote, you know, to be able to vote is you have to be a, uh, by, by nature, free and independent. And just like in Lodge, right? You better be free, free born, right? Free born. And um, so there's, there's a of lot lawful, of, of, lawful of, of lawful age, right? Yeah. Just, just like in our constitution. And um, a lot of similarities. And going back to something that um, Worshipful Master uh, Parker was, was saying about folks of all different political parties that are upset about uh, our current governor. I think it goes back to a lot of what you and I, what we often talk about is uh, Americans, we don't, we don't want uh, the crown in our life, right? Yeah. We, you know, that, that, that's in, in one part of the Revolutionary War. There are many parts and, you know, we have long conversations about that. But we don't want a king or a queen dictating over us. And I think after two years, I think people are starting to feel like this is a monarchy as opposed to a republic. And um, that is probably one of the, the one of the main reasons. And um, you know, you know, the association with the, with the crown, uh, aristocrats running everything. That's how they're acting, right? Right. They're, they're that, that's like exactly that. how, how everybody's acting. So I think that's one of the frustrations with people. We just, you know, kind of like uh, in ancient Rome when they rebelled against the kings. Um, and then they had the Tetrarchy and everything like that afterwards. You know, um, even Julius Caesar became a dictator. He never really used the word dictator because he knew how the people felt about having uh, a dictator slash monarch, right? And so Governor Newsom doesn't call himself king, but through actions, you still see um, the remnants of, of what we fought against. And, and that's the crown, right? And that, that dictatorship. So. Again, those are my thoughts. Those are my beliefs, right? Um, and I think that's that's how people feel. You know. So back on the the election here, this recall in California. Okay, this is uh, the California Constitution, Article One, Section Three. Uh, a, the people have the right to instruct their representatives, petition government for redress of grievances, and assemble freely to consult for the common good. So we have, we all have this right to do this recall and fix the wrongs and keep California great like it used to be. Eh? California was great and it still is, but we're having some issues. We all know it. So anybody listening to this, you know, this is just our opinions. My opinion, you know, get out there and vote, get out there, do a little bit of research. It doesn't take much. Mm. It's at our fingertips even if you don't think you're computer savvy, we know everybody is. You get on your phone and you see them driving down the road, talking on it, texting on their phone. So get this book, the constitution of California. It's, it's, it's here. Wow. That's revolutionary. Yeah. That's a revolutionary yeah. thought there, guys. <laughs> you know, uh, when I walked in, I said, Hey, you know, one of our, our conversations leading up to this was, Everybody talks about the U.S. Constitution where they're making reference to anything, right? Oh, it's not in the Constitution. One thing we have to remember is that in the Constitution, at some point, it passes the buck to the states. 
And from there, the states make their own laws and they have their own sovereignty. So um, that's something for, if, if you're in any of our 50 states or mm -hmm. uh, if you're in a different country, I'm, I don't know how, what your process is like, but um, Parker's correct. You know, you should often read your US constitution and ask yourself, when was the last time you, you looked at your state constitution? And uh, be, besides the two gentlemen in front of me, I don't, I don't know anybody else that really does on, on the, I think, know, I think you're right. On a regular basis, because I think we always just re <laughs> refer to the U.S. Constitution when we're trying to cite some type of law. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have to remember, if it's not in the U.S. Constitution, um, it may be in your state constitution, or it may not be, depending on what it is that you're talking about. So. Mm. Very well. I've got something here. I'll come back to you in a minute, Ted, because it looks like no your no it looks like your little lizard brain is going overdrive right now. That's good. That's good. Our little lizard brains need to be where. And that's I think that's a term I haven't used uh, as often as I should have, guys, because we talk about Masonic muscle and get your ass up and it's exercise, which Steve has, by the way. And uh, I'm going to do another special episode on Steve's uh, boneheadedness. Uh, but uh, well, that's a that's a whole different uh, topic. But uh, so the United, we're talking about the United States and then the states. And in the Constitution, uh, it says this, Article 4, Section 4, the United States shall guarantee to every state of this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. The word Republican, as used in this paragraph, means representative. The men who wrote the Constitution favored a strictly representative government as distinguished from either an autocracy, hereditary government, or democracy, government by direct action. So we can keep pounding the drum, guys, and we can keep just beating a dead horse about the United States not being a democracy. This is a republic with democratic uh, you know, processes in, in, you know, interspersed here and there because to expedite the process. But overall, we are a republic. And because we get away from that and because we let the media get away over and over and over again uh, with uh, candidates saying, you know, if we don't do this, we're going to lose our great democracy. How many times have we heard that? We're going to lose our, not our great republic, our great democracy over and over and over again. So, you know, part of this podcast is to point these things out. The way you're going to vote is the way you're going to vote regardless. But the one thing we can say after tonight is that we've done our part in highlighting some of these processes, highlighting some of these para uh, paragraphs in the United States Constitution, and also comparing some of the processes with how Freemasons run their lodges and that it's coming up. Here in November, elections are coming up. Lodges are going to start to scramble to see who wants to serve and who, who can serve and who can work and best work and best agree. But most lodges, what they end up doing is just going with the guy who's willing to stick around instead of going with the guy who actually merits and has been working hard to serve his lodge. And that's another thing. The master, everybody says, oh, the master, he's the most powerful. He's the most powerful member of the lodge. That's not true, guys. The master is the greatest servant of the lodge. He can begin to affect change if he has the right frame of mind, the right education, 
and the right understanding of what we're supposed to be doing in Freemasonry. And guess what? These guys, they're public servants too. They are serving us. And we elected them. We elected Governor Newsom. We elected Pelosi. We, we elected all of these people. And we forget that that's the power that we have. I'm going to hand it back over to Steve and see what he's got to say about that. I'm going to get them all pumped up here. I'm going to bring up a random uh, topic that maybe circles back to what you just said. And it goes back to an, uh, an old, uh, our first conversation when we talked about the Vatican. Um, right. You all know, roads lead to Rome, right? <laughs> and elections and, and whatnot. Um, you talked about each lodge sends four representatives up you know, to, to the Grand Lodge. Rome to Rome in this instance to to pick the grand master or rules and everything. It sounds awful a lot a lot like when the cardinals get together and pick the Pope. Uh yeah. <laughs> yes. What, what, what do you think about that, uh, Rubio? Uh, yeah. <laughs> good one. An another another good observation <laughs> because the only difference is that the only time that that happens is when the Pope passes away, right, right or resigns. Right. But all the College of Cardinals, they gather together and they go and they either they do it quickly and they vote for a new pope because politics has happened all in the background. And, and you know, and, and as much as you hardcore Catholics, if you're listening, don't want to believe in that. All you got to do is read your read our history and you will see. How, you grew up as yes, yeah. yes, I grew up as a Catholic. I have a lot of uh, books in my personal library it has to do with the history of popes and the history of elections and, and politics and what have you. And this is exactly what we do. We go, we go, they get together in Rome, they have to get together in Rome, and they, they go to the conclave, you know, conclave, meaning, you know, uh, locked and with the key, lock and key. And they stay in there until a new vote, a new pope is voted, uh, voted for and nominated and elected over and over. And a lot of times, because each, each cardinal has to write whoever they're voting for on a piece of paper and turn it in. And most, a lot of times they disguise their, you know, the way they write so that nobody knows that it was them. But good observation, good question. And thank you for that. <laughs> I think uh, Brother Parker wants to say something. Yeah, we're looking down. I looked in Article 2 now of uh, California oh, Constitution. No. We're, we're going to go through every article here. Yeah, we're going to go to Article 2. Get your pens and paper out, everybody. <laughs> so uh, Article 2, Section 1, back down to the little guy. You just talked about, you know, the Pope and the, the Cardinals and all these people. They all had to merit some something to get there, to get to those chairs. But down here in Article or Section 1 of Article 2, all political power is inherent to the people. Government is, government is instituted for their protection, security, and benefit. And they have the right to alter or reform it when the public good, good may require. So the people have the power that we form the government. It's all about a little guy putting the next guy up there we want you to do a job we want you. so we keep giving up our power in other words we right? keep but at the same time we can get them back out of power too so well it's written it's written it's, it's our constitution on what a great book on <laughs> what a great little book this yeah. is wow so we've been in article three here the state of california uh let's see 
is an inseparable part of the United States of America and the United States Constitution is the supreme law of the land. So overall, the US Constitution, but the states do have their own constitution as well. So we got a lot of rights and we got a lot of power. You just, people just have to realize it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and um, you know, the constitution, it's the playbook, right? Mm -hmm. It's uh, whether it's the federal or the U.S. Constitution or state, it's like anything. You need to know what the rules are in order to know how to maneuver, how to play the game, I guess, right? And um, you need to know what your rights are, and um, the only way to do that is really to to, to read up on it and, and study it and study it, study you know, it. and ask questions. And th this is brings us bring us back to the, the recall election. Um, it, so uh, actually going back, bringing back to uh, what Worshipful Master Parker was saying, uh, Article 2, Sections 12 and 13, both reference how to recall uh, the governor or, or an elected official. So your homework while you're listening to this is look up the California, California Constitution, Article 2, Sections 12 and 13, and that's where, um, uh, th that's where the powers to recall someone uh, come into play. Uh, and uh, as you were, uh, 13 and 14, 13, 13 and 14. 13 and 14. 13 and 14, yeah, 13 and 14. I, I misspoke. Um, so yeah, so that's... Uh, so I'll give you the easy one right here. Section 13, Article 2, Section 13. Recall is the power of the electors to remove an elected official, elected officer. That was, uh, let's see, New section adopted June 8th, 1976. Yeah. 14, everybody, you, you guys got to do your own research. Simple to find. But, but I think uh, before we move on, guys, I think we're missing something very important because we're talking about uh, the you know recall. We're talking about a recall, but nobody's asking, does, does the governor even have the power to do everything that he's been doing? Uh, you know, and making all these laws because, you know, what, what do you got to say about that, Steve? So, I, I, again, I'm, I'm no uh, constitutional attorney or anything like that. I just I like to read when I when I can. Um, and I think that's one of the, the big questions uh, is exactly what you said. Can the governor do what he's doing? Well, A, he's doing it right now, right? Um, and again, there's no check and balance right now. But also... A lot of the governor's actions have not been challenged in the courts. And so this is unprecedented, really, uh, on having almost two-year executive. I have not. We, we know right. of nobody that's challenging them in the courts. Right, that I know of. Right, okay. exactly. And so I'm curious. First, I'm actually disappointed at our, our, our legislative branch, their, the majority power, um, for not stripping the governor of this authority that he has, because he, there is a supermajority in Sacramento in the legislative branch that should convene and do something. Hmm. And I'm also disappointed at the judicial branch for not providing for check and balance and weighing in on these issues. And just leaving it up to the governor's orders um, is not, you know, the way to do a check and balance, you know? And so hmm. um, I, I'm disappointed in, in, in our system that we have in California right now, because I feel like it's failing us and no one's challenging it. You know, yeah, that, that I, there are people that are 
I shouldn't say that no one's challenging it. People are, are trying to challenge it. It's just not, uh, um, it's not being heard and it's, there's no decisions being made, right? At the judicial level. And so we, yeah, we, we don't see that. We, what we do see like recently, and now that this recall is getting closer, all of a sudden you're beginning to see articles in, in big newspapers or, or uh, commercials on TV where Governor Newsom is saying, hey, you know, uh, I know how much you guys are hurting. The businesses are hurting. I realize that we got all kinds of federal money and uh, there's money issued out to everybody. You guys are about to receive a check in September. And, and he's not saying it, but he's saying it. Hey, you know, I'm going to give you money and just don't recall me you know i can take it that way right this is this is uh a speculative endeavor that that we're upon and so this is what i'm gathering from it and it's the oldest trick in the playbook in rome when the emperors didn't want you to begin to really think about what's going on what would he do and what was the biggest example that we got they built the Colosseum, 180 games you know just bloody games uh, when you would get there, they would throw bread up in the crowd. They would throw fruits and and uh, vegetables for the crowd because people were were starving. And this is the way they placated us. This is the way they they kind of got us distracted for a day or but there were 180 days. That's when Commodus, I believe, was was emperor. And so we're getting the same things here. Hey, we're gonna throw money at you. Hey, uh, we're don't worry. There is a a legislation being written right now that. I, everybody's going to get $2,000, uh, you know, um, income for the rest of our lives because coronavirus or whatever. So we have to be, we have to be conscientious of, of these tactics that are being thrown out our way and, and have the wherewithal to call it for what it is. And that's what I believe that it is. Uh, so what do you guys think about that? Or what, what, what else do we want to talk about guys? Push-ups. Let's start doing push-ups right now. <laughs> I, I I agree with what you just said when you brought it back to Rome. You know, I like bring everything back to Rome um, because the emperors um, they would do what you're saying, and they would try to basically bribe the people, mm. right? And that's hand out money, right, or distraction. You know, 1776 was not too long ago, but it's relatively new in the grand scheme of the world. And the playbook was written hundreds of thousands of years ago, and none of this is new, you know. Nope. And it's just like Rubio said, how, how can, oh, there's, there's an issue going on? How can I, as the one in charge, distract you from what the issue is? Uh, how can I win your favor? And it's exactly what you said. The coliseums, the games, money being thrown. Oh, let's start a war, right? Yeah. Um, or, hey, we're... we're we're being threatened by this, you know, group of people. Let's go invade them before they, I yeah. mean, none of this is, is, is new. Right? I mean, if you're a student of history, you, you've seen this already. You've read about it. Um, if you're not a student of history, I, I can't tell you how, how much I, I need to implore you to go pick up the most random book in history that anybody ever had a war. And you'll see a lot of these tactics being used where something was happening in society mm -hmm. and, the aristocrats or the person in charge or the people's in charge had to distract everyone. And in this case, when, whenever you're trying to give money away, you're, you're basically trying to buy people's favor. And you can only do that so long before, um, well, hopefully you can only do that so long before A, your economy tanks 
and then people say, um, "Hey, what? You know, yeah. where, where's my money? Where's my money? Right? You know, the two thousand that you know you just gave me. Well, I want three thousand, right? Or if some if Ted Parker's like, no, I think we should get rid of the two thousand. Now Ted Parker's the bad guy, right? And um, even though it's the right thing to do, right? Get back to work. Yeah, get back to work, right? So you know, we're we're disincentivizing people to get back to work, and that that that's another topic well, that's, too, right? That's but, hurting. Well, but but that's a big part of what's happening right now. So what does Ted have here? It looks like he's he's eager. He's he's ready to share. No, he, you you jumped in on the uh, governor's position. Uh, the branch, that part of the branch is it article, article five. Yeah, so article six is judicial. Ted, Ted's going to go through the entire constitution, <laughs> article, article five. by article. <laughs> the, the executive branch, article five. Yeah, this is riveting. I'm just, you guys are talking, and I'm like, well, it says it right here. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know this. You guys already read this, didn't you? Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, it's, somewhat. it's going that direction. You know, the governor shall report to the legislature each calendar year on the condition of the state and make recommendations as I haven't heard anything lately. I don't know about you guys mm -hmm. of the, how yeah. the, the, the state of affairs or what's going yeah, on. I, I, he did a state of the union, but it was, I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't a big to do yeah. because yeah. we're all distracted right yeah. now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he couldn't tell everybody the real, the real problems and real issues. Yeah. He well, just distracted everybody. Well, and to tell you the truth, because he has executive authority right now, does it really matter? I, I mean, the answer is it should matter, right? It should matter, right? but it's not. It, it's not. Right. It's it's you know it's weird. It's weird the way everything has been going, and I mean this this it caused this. Here, let me get this over here. It it caused this to happen today, where we're recording this this podcast because enough weirdness has been happening all around us with the way the governors have been acting, with the way the president has been acting, whether it's this one or the previous one, you know, Batman Orange or whatever you want to call them. Um, and now here we are, it's, it's caused us to sit down, pop open the playbooks, the Constitution of the United States, the Constitutions of California, some of the Constitutions of Masonry, and see what is actually in there and how much power do the people have. And we're finding out that the people have a lot of power. But we continuously give it up for the pleasures that we have or or whatever, whatever excuse we're going to use. And everybody does it. Everybody has done it. But now that we have the state up our you know what and the United States up our you know what, because we can't do this, we can't do that. And now my beloved Raiders betrayed me and are the first NFL team to mandate you get vaccinated if you want can you imagine how I feel? We're supposed to be the pirates yeah. and the rebels of the NFL, and we are the first one to acquiesce and bow down. This is how strange I'm talking about that this has happened, that was happening all around us. And now I have Ted Parker in front of me going through the California Constitution, uh, showing us these little things that he's finding about, hey, this is what we're supposed to do here. It's right here, right? And and man what do you guys got what do you guys got to say about that yeah it, it it truly is um we truly are consent of the government and i i think i i've said this one before is the thing that scares a lot of people about freedom what what, what, what scares people about freedom it's the responsibility that comes with it you know you're responsible for your actions you know you 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 
you're, you're responsible for yourself. And that's what scares people uh, often with, uh, with freedom. So let, let's get into this, Steve, uh, the, the, the duties and responsibilities Oh, let California go. Sure, because uh, Ted Parker so, today is our researcher. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got volunteer for that one, and, and that's all right. It's all good. So June second, nineteen ninety eight, primary California, uh, California State Governor duties and responsibilities. So, so a master of the lodge has a similar. We have the same thing. We have duties and responsibilities. Correct. Uh, power. Well, it's also actual powers. I know they probably can't hear yeah, me. So, so, so um, Rubio's kind of stepped away a little bit, but yeah. um, he was referencing that the master of the lodge, very similar to what we're about to read to you about the, the California governor, they both have duties and responsibilities, you know, and, and again, we see a lot of the same verbiage used in Freemasonry Lodge and mm -hmm. our own government. So. Yeah. The governor's duty, his first duty that's mentioned here is to see that the law is faithfully executed. The governor is elected by the people for up to two terms for uh, four years each, or four years each. Um, see, what do we have? No person gives you the age, 18 years of age, who, uh, who is, and who has not been a citizen, you have to be a citizen of the state for five years, immediately preceding election. Um, so the first duty is to see that the law is faithfully executed. He is the commander in chief of the militia of the state. He is the sole official of communication between the government of the state and the federal government and other states of the United States. So they do have, Stephen, you might know more about this, but I know I've seen those, the governors get together and they have their, all the governors of every state, they, they have meetings and, and they, I don't know, the type of stuff that they discuss or what's going on or what, what do they bring up? Yeah, talk about a governor's conference where all the governors and the, and the state get together. And it's much like any other association, you know, where um, in, in the state of California, we have like legal California cities or legal uh, county supervisors, right? They just kind of best practices. Um, they often meet with the president at that and um, kind of give the president also uh, their opinion on like what, uh, is important to them at their state level, you know? So, yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah. He must supervise the official conduct of all executive and ministerial officers, and he must see that all offices are filled and their duties performed. Oh, much like the worshipful master. Just just like the worshipful master. It's almost verbatim. It's Ver same, yeah, exactly. Right? It's it is. It really is. Um, the governor may appoint and fix the salaries of such assistants and other personnel as he deems necessary for the conduct of his office. Like, like the worshipful master, he has, there, there are certain uh, people he can appoint to do committees or correct things like that, right? So absolutely. Um, the governor's appointed power also extends over the significant areas of state government. First, the governor has the authority to fill vacancies in the judiciary. Uh, municipal superior appeals and supreme courts and to fill newly created judgeships second the governor has the power to appoint a large number of positions throughout the executive department um again like like the, like the master just, lodge, right there's so, very there's a lot of yeah. similarities to this uh how it how it's reading here um what do you Caesar? what do you see in your reading this going down this list here 
So the governor must communicate with the legislature during each calendar year regarding the condition of the state and may, uh, well, the state of the union. The governor must also submit an itemized budget. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the same. It's virtually the same. They use different verbiage. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, but it's it's. I mean, you're you're going. The only difference is that in our California Masonic Code, it's the du the duties and powers of the lodge. And this here is the duties and responsibilities of the governor. So that's the only that's the only difference. Uh, and yeah, that's a good beer. Steve brought some good beer here, and it's Saint Bernardus, uh, the classic wit. But anyhow, going back to your your question, Ted, it, it's and uh, Steve, what you're reading is basically what you would read in the Masonic Code. The only difference being that the master is truly, when it comes to the ultimate authority, he does have the ultimate authority. So the lodge, put it this way, everything gets put up for a vote in a lodge during state of meeting. But if the master doesn't agree, he can veto it and it doesn't matter. And, and the lodge has no recourse. There is no recourse. I think maybe they might, you know, they can petition the, the Grand Lodge, uh, the Grand Master, he might try to come down and talk about it or whatever. But but more than likely, uh, on uh, uh, they're batting like 100% almost. Every time the Grand Master comes down to talk to a master, guess guess who they're going to vote for? Or guess, guess whose side the Grand Master is going to be on? The Master of the Lodge, because he is go he's governing his lodge. He's been voted. He's been doing the time. And so he's not going to get overrun. But this is not the lodge. <laughs> the California, the state of California is not the lodge. We're clearly seeing here that he has, there are checks and balances on him. And the legislature is one of the biggest ones. The governor cannot write and make laws. The legislature does. So that's what I see, guys. Now, uh, Rubio, you are correct about that. And uh, while we do see a lot of similarities in Freemasonry and our form of government, uh whether it was intentional or not right you know the founders did include uh, some checks and balances in there but we have to remember people when um the the revolutionary war was ended and we try to figure out what kind of government we're going to have there were all types of forms of government that were thrown out and variations of how the republic should look like right and you know what to reference the president as right your highness you know or mm -hmm your eminence or president, right? Or, and just the rules and regulations, right? And yeah. so um, at, at some point, maybe somewhere within, you know, the, the forming of our, of our government, someone said, hey, maybe we need to have a check and balance. Um, and, and, and that's obviously where, where a lot of this came from. So there is a lot of similarity in Freemasonry with the way we legislate, but um, there are a few things that are not the same and uh, by design and, you know, by, by, just the way it was drafted, right? And so, this is true. This um, is true. I, I think that yeah. this has been a really good conversation, eye opener, and I think it's something that uh, we as adults, not just as Masons, but as adults, need to talk about often. And that is that the U.S. Constitution and your 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 own state constitution, wherever you're, you're residing in, look at it once in a while with with you and your family, your your kids. Uh, pick something out and and and, and read it and, and you you know um, uh, Rubio is always saying you know ask questions or question things and things like that. Well, 
you know, unless you have a foundation and know where to start to, you know, to question things or what to question in the first place, right? Like, how do you know I should even question this, right? Mm -hmm. um, again, you know, this, this constitution, this book, this glue that, that keeps the states and the country together, um, it says a lot about what can and can't be done. Mm -hmm. And um, unless you know what can and can't be done, at least the basis, it's hard for you to even think about thinking about questioning something, if that makes sense, right? Right. Uh, that's absolutely right. And with that, guys, I'm going to start wrapping it up here. Um, but before I do, I'm going to I'm going to hand that over to you and you'll be able to tell the, the listeners. Uh, well, what I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to take it around the horn and we're going to ask everybody, you know, to give our your last statements. Okay. Right. And then um, Ted's going to share with you where you can get the, the California Constitution for you. So let's start off with Steve. Steve, uh, last any last words, last statements, observations. Or what did you think? Famous last words, huh? We're going to do it after this? What yeah. are we going to do? <laughs> That's yeah. the way they settle things in the old days, right? Yeah. A lot of uh, today's problems would be solved better maybe with a duel than with, uh, you know, keyboard warriors, right, yeah. on, on yeah. online. And uh, I joke, but but not because I'm still a Marine, right? So that's how we handle things sometimes. Um, I, I First and foremost, I want to thank your audience for putting up with us and uh and really sticking around and, and giving us this opportunity and platform. Um, Worshipful Master Parker, thank you for being here and, and lending us your office. Uh, um, Brother Rubio for your podcast and, and allowing us to, to be on here and, and just talk, right? Talk about what's on our minds, which we hope is on the minds of everyone that's listening. And I think that's really why. And while I joke, you know, often about, you know, things, uh, really, I, I hope what it is that we've been saying is maybe a little bit what you've been thinking, you, the listener, um, whether you agree with me 100% or not, you know, good, right? Either way, that's because you're, you're your own person. Um, all I want is for you to think and, and, and really think about um, how our government is run and who runs it and who the real people that are in charge are. And that's us the individuals the you know the consent by the governed and the more and the sooner you realize how much power you listening to this have the more power you're going to have right because um it's there you know it's almost like uh, yoda and luke skywalker right luke had that the force of him the whole time but he just didn't realize it <laughs> um but you as a voter you have that power and you know who has even more power? You and the person next to you. And then each of you find somebody else, right? Mm. And, and once you start getting a group of you who think the same, go to your elected official at whatever level of government that you have an issue with and, um, and express your concern about what that is. So um, with that, I, I thank you. And what are you grateful for today? Oh, yeah, I was going to actually say that. Yeah. I'm grateful that uh, my shoulder is healing, my, my pec, I should hey, say, because uh, this is Masonic muscle. Yes, sir. Right? And part of Masonic muscle is the literal and figurative part of Masonic muscle. And while uh, we've been discussing, you know, the, the mental part of Masonic muscle right now, um, 
Cesar Rubio beats me up once once a week minimum. Yes. On Mondays. Yes. He uh, beats me up in his garage. And his kids too. Yeah. So uh, uh, and his kids, friends, and other us. So uh, he works as hard, and I, I I try to be the marine that I was and lift heavier than I should. And I ended up injuring my my left pec muscle, uh, left pec. And so um, <laughs> I'm I'm a bit bruised right now, but um, I, I took it a little too far. Just like anything, yeah. know your limits. And build up, right? You know, you, you you can't. It's a marathon. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a marathon, right? So, don't 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 try to jump into the heavyweight right away. Build up for it, <laughs> and maybe like make sound like, like Freemasonry, right? Right. You you got to go through your degrees Degrees. before you can become a master mason. And um, I was an enter apprentice on Monday, trying to become a master mason instantly, <laughs> and my sh- my peg said no. It's go nice. back to the basics. Yeah. So go back to the basics is what I leave you with. Thank you. Well, I too, Ted. What do you what, what do you got for us, and what are you grateful for? We're not as young as we used to be. That is true. <laughs> so what I've got right now, because this is a great conversation. Thank you, Caesar, for uh, presenting this and hosting this and getting us on here to talk about this important subject. Thank you, Steve, for what you're doing. Uh, you know, you're running for the state senate. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad to know you, and it's like good to see a friend. You know, jumping in that that league of uh, extraordinary people that we've been friends for a long time yeah we have where they shooting to yeah a long long time so Mm -hmm. but thank you for stepping up to the plate and and doing that you know getting in there and and making a difference being that being a person to make a difference and that goes out to everybody here step up and make a difference you know you can start by getting a copy of the constitution of the california the california constitution it's easy to get to. You go to the Secretary of State, California.gov. You can get a PDF. You can get a printable version, whatever you want. It's there. It's really not a hard read. It's got a great content. You can find, find information on there. And we talked about it a lot tonight and how it's the similarities with masonry and our governments from the state to federal. It's all similar. We're all, we're all right there, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm grateful to live in California. I really am. You know, I grew up out here. This is a, it's a great state. It's always been a great state. I've been here, you know, I was born in the six, early sixties. So I know what it was back then and I know what it is now. And every decade it changes and California's in a pickle. It's uh, kind of gone sideways a little bit, but it'll come back. We can bring it back as a, as a family of California, as a family of Republic, you know, we got to do it together. Um, another thing I'm grateful for is that uh, brother Steve here yeah. brought this great yeah. beer, St. St. Bernardus. Yep. St. Bernardus. Thank the monks. Thank the monks. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. I want to hey. drink to both of you Cheers. guys, right? Cheers. 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 I had to take a sip there, everybody. Um, I really appreciate the podcast that you're doing and what you're doing out there and the research and you make us think of the research we need to do. You know, that little bit of that research, you know, don't, don't take somebody's word for it or because somebody said so, because you should be questioning them because so-and-so said so. Well, where does it say it? I want to see it. Show me the black and white. Show me what it is. You know, don't because so-and-so said so. 
no, I don't, I don't buy it. We didn't buy it 10 years ago when I met you guys in masonry, mm. you know, so you got to prove it. And I'm telling, I'm asking each, everybody out there right now, step up, prove it, you know, be a citizen, you know, don't just, citizen. don't just be a person of the state hanging out, be a citizen. Citizens have duties, you know, and it's our duty to wow. make, uh, wow. keep this state on track. You know, and if you don't get out there and vote, don't complain. You have no right to complain. Back to you, uh, wow. Caesar. Oh, yeah. Great, great points, uh, Steve and Ted. Great points. I'm, I mean, and if anything, we're citizens and be a citizen. Uh, because uh, through citizenship, guys, that's how we get our, our privileges that we have. I mean, we, we have rights, but there's also privileges. Um, maybe you don't want to hear that. But uh, what I want to say today is, number one, I want to I, I want to extend uh, kudos. I want to extend congratulations to the Masons of Alabama, whether you listeners believe it's right or wrong that they went against the edicts of the Grand Master. That just goes to show that if enough of us rise, it, things will begin to change. Whether you're on the right or left side of this pandemic, whatever it may be. The Masons of Alabama have have pretty much picked up the black flag, guys, because there comes a time when someone's got to pick it up. And that's what they've done. And maybe maybe the rest of the states hear the rally cry. And we maybe it's the Masons that are going to do it. So I, I want to say that. Number two, question everything. That's what we did today. That's what this was about today. We're questioning everything. But using the documents that we know are there, our U.S. Constitution, our California constitution and some other books that, that are out there. Number three, exercise your mind. That's what we've been doing this today. We did some heavy lifting uh, listeners, brothers. I hope a lot of brothers are out there. We did some heavy lifting. It was exercise your body every day. I mean, that's Masonic muscle. That's the other half. Get, get out there, walk 30 minutes, walk 40 minutes, whatever you're going to do. Uh, let the skin absorb the sun get your vitamins, you know, get your, how, how come all we hear about is this virus and nobody, nobody's talking about how to get healthier and stronger. That's why we're in our garage. If you're listening, come and join us in our garage. No charge. Just get up in there. The only thing we're going to ask is that you push hard, not as hard as Steve, because then you end up with one pick <laughs> and not two. All right. Well, but we'll, we'll watch We'll watch over you. And, and the last thing I want to say is, Prepare, prevail, and prosper. And if you do it in that, in that order, you prepare, you're going to prevail, and you're going to prosper. So, and I'm grateful for this opportunity to be here in the office with uh, Ted's office and be having this conversation with them. Outstanding conversation. Some of you might think it's boring, but we I don't care. This is my podcast. And this might not be for you. And good. Turn it off. But tell someone else about it. Give them the opportunity to work their mind. All right. So with that, guys, this has been this has been a strenuous exercise in speculation and critical thinking. And after this, tomorrow I'm going to get at it in the in the uh in, in our gym with my boys, with my friends, whoever wants to join me, come on in. We got all kinds of equipment 
And you know what? I'm not even going to give you that excuse. You don't need any equipment. Just start doing push-ups in your living room. Start doing squats in your living room, crunches. As you watch your show and the, and the uh, commercial comes on, you start doing as many push-ups as you can, as many squats as you can, as many crunches as you can. And once your show is over, get out there and walk. Walk for 20, 30 minutes. So from all of us, guys, peace out. Have a great weekend. I'll probably be publishing another uh, episode here in the next couple of days. But you guys have yourself a great weekend. Be citizens and know what that means. All right. This has been Masonic Muscle. And thank you for listening.